I became self-aware enough to realize that if I rode my horse when I was stressed out or overwhelmed, then I was really likely to get in an argument with her. To have a battle with her about stuff that if I hadn't been feeling really stressed about other stuff in my life, I would never have had a battle with her about. And I really regretted those battles. I'd like to start by paying my respects to the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is made, the Pindrup people, and to recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and community. I pay my respects to them and their culture and honour their elders, past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome to episode six of My Horse Taught Me That, the podcast all about equine behavior, horse-human relationships and training concepts that not only help you build an amazing relationship with your horse, but also with the other animals and people in your life too. I'm your host, Sarah Jackson from Equestrian Balance, and I'm an equine behavior geek. I'm going to teach you how to get the behavior that you want whilst also building the relationship that you want with your horse. Well, the doors are open, my friends. If you are keen to really dive into what makes our horses tick and how to build an amazing relationship with your horse, then this is your cue to enroll in my signature online program, Learn to Speak Horse. This fully supported eight-week program officially starts on Saturday the 2nd of September. That's less than two weeks away. So if you're keen, don't delay. And as a gift to you, my lovely listener, stay tuned at the end of this episode for a special 20% discount code. The good stuff. A little while ago, at the prompting of my sister, I read Hugh Van Kylenberg's book, The Resilience Project. Okay, so I listened to the audiobook. Now, Hugh does amazing work improving mental health outcomes for school students and athletes by focusing on three pillars proven to cultivate positive emotion, gratitude, empathy, and mindfulness that he calls GEM. And as he explained in his book why these three things can really improve our mental health, I was like, whoa, this is why changing the way I train and interact with horses has helped me be so much happier in my life generally. Because the way I do things taps directly into these three pillars, gratitude, empathy and mindfulness. It was such an aha moment for me for understanding why it not only feels great to interact with the horses the way I do in the moment, but how it's helped me in all other aspects of my life. So I really want to take the time to explore that a bit today. Firstly, gratitude. Gratitude is defined as the act of recognizing and acknowledging the good things that happen, resulting in a state of appreciation. Now, 
when I train my horses with positive reinforcement, that is literally exactly what I do with my horse. I set up our training environment, I bring in the horse and I start working with her and I'm focusing on what she does right. Yes, that's right. Click and reward. Yes, that's right. Click and reward. Yes, that's right. Click and reward and so on. I'm not worried about the mistakes. I'm focused on the successes and I'm paying attention to those. And those successes are not always going to look polished because if she's only just learning something, the right answer is going to be a first attempt that looks kind of vaguely like something that I want to end up with. But it's a start, so I'm going to reward that and I'm going to build on it. And eventually, through a series of successes, we get the final behaviour that I want. And I think partly because we're just focusing on the things that the horse is doing well, so we're constantly telling our horse that they're awesome, this sort of training is super fun. But did you know that when we focus on the good stuff and don't point out the errors, our learner makes progress more quickly and is more confident. So our relationship blooms. Science is now showing us that we don't actually need to ever point out when someone has gone wrong for them to learn and improve which is like, whoa, complete mind shift. (laughs) How many of us would have liked that approach when we were at school? But what's amazing for me as the teacher, because I'm only focusing on the things that my horse is doing that are right, I'm also bringing things that are right, the good stuff, so to speak, to my attention which little by little has changed the wiring in my brain to focus on the good stuff in every aspect of my life. And studies have shown that when we practice this way of thinking regularly, we're happier. So cool. So after training with positive reinforcement for a while, pretty soon we start focusing on the good things that are happening at home, at work, for our friends and family, and within our own relationships. And it becomes a way of thinking about everything in life. So for me, training with positive reinforcement gave me a way to introduce that practice of gratitude into my life. And it's totally changed how happy I am and how I think and speak and act, which is just not at all (laughs) something that I even thought about as being a possible outcome when I first started that training. Secondly, empathy. Empathy is defined as the ability to understand another person's thoughts and feelings and to be able to see a situation from their point of view. And that's really, I guess, what I've been talking about in a lot of our previous podcasts where we're trying to understand our horse's behaviour by looking at it from their point of view by considering what's the function of the behaviour. Is my horse frightened or in pain? Are there any emotional associations that might be affecting the situation? Did I set my horse up for success or was there something that I could do better to help them succeed? And to do this well, to really look at it through a horse lens, so to speak, 
we really need to take the time to learn about our horse's needs and how they influence their perspective. Because their perspective is going to be totally different to our perspective, you know, with our great big brain and our agenda for what we plan to have going on at the time. We talk about this in episode one and we do a really deep dive into this in my online program. But to recap, key essentials that our horses need are equine companionship, near constant access to forage and space to move around in. And they also need to be free from fear and pain. Now, if we're seeing our horse give a response that we didn't want or do some sort of unwanted behavior, and we get really good at asking ourselves, hmm, was he frightened in that moment? Could there be some pain involved? Did I really set him up the best way to succeed? Or could I tweak something about how I asked for that? Suddenly, There's no blame on the horse for not giving the right answer and we're not tempted into a battle with our horse. Instead, we are much more likely to help them get the right answer next time because we're taking steps to ensure that there is no pain, to ensure that there is no fear and to reflect on what we did in that moment and in the moments preceding the thing that happened to see what we could change to help the horse succeed next time. A little while ago, I was training my mare, Evita, and we don't have an arena yet. So I was using the paddocks that they'd just come out of to train in, so the grass was relatively eaten down. And the paddock that they'd just come out of was the one that was furthest away from the yards where the other horses were. And I didn't really even think about it at the time I just set up the equipment that we needed for our training session and Avita walked out with me at Liberty and we started our training session and we got about five minutes in and suddenly and I say suddenly because she would have been giving signs that I obviously missed but she suddenly raced back to the other horses so bear in mind she's completely at Liberty and it's her choice to be there so she's free to go back to the other horses And at first I wasn't quite sure what had happened. I thought, oh, did I ask too much? Was I frustrating her in some way? It was a really windy day, so I wondered if that contributed to her stress levels and we had some kind of trigger stacking thing going on. It wasn't really until I thought about it that I thought, ah, you know, I I actually think this is the first time we've set up in this paddock, which is slightly further away from the other horses, I think it might be a separation anxiety thing and she just, she was coping for a while and then it just got a little bit too much and she couldn't cope and she went back to the other horses. I tried extending the area where the other horses were so that she could see them a little bit better to see if that made a difference and it didn't. The exact same thing happened the next day. So then I said, okay, we'll train in a different area and we trained in an area and it was a little bit closer and that behaviour completely went away. And she was perfectly happy to do a full training session with me in that area and that behaviour didn't return. And I knew, okay, separation anxiety is an issue because I've shelved that. That's going to be some work we're going to do at another time. I'm going to make it easy to do the training that I was wanting to do with her. I'm going to get that done by changing the area where we're doing it so that she's within her comfort zone so I can do the training that I'd plan to do. Later on I'm going to make a plan to address that separation anxiety. 
So by asking ourselves what's going on for my horse for them to behave in this way and by looking at the situation through our horse lens, so to speak, with our horse's needs in mind before we arrive at any conclusions, we are practicing empathy. And when we practice empathy in this way, it's not only amazing for our relationship with our horse, it's also great for our mental health. Thirdly, mindfulness. Mindfulness is defined as the basic human ability to be fully present, aware of where we are and what we're doing, and not overly reactive or overwhelmed by what's going on around us. Sounds pretty good, right? And this is what I aim for when I'm spending any time with my horses or when I'm training them, to be able to be fully grounded in the moment with them in that place where time gets kind of stretchy because every moment is so rich and the only thing I'm aware of is the conversation that's happening between us and our interaction with our surroundings. Now, the first step I took towards mindfulness with my horses was maybe 20 years ago when I became self-aware enough to realise that if I rode my horse when I was stressed out or overwhelmed from work or whatever stuff was going on in my life at the time, then I was really likely to get in an argument with her, to have a battle with her about stuff that if I hadn't been feeling really stressed about other stuff in my life, we would never have had a battle with her about. And, you know, it's probably also a testament to how stressed I was at the time, but I had enough of those battles to notice this pattern and I really regretted those battles. And I recognized that they were really damaging our relationship. So I learned to recognize those days as days that I just needed to visit with my horse and groom her, maybe take her on a walk to have a pick at some grass, but just spend time with her without riding, without that added pressure that created situations where I was likely to end up in a battle with her. And the difference that that decision made to our relationship and how quickly it made a difference just astounded me, just with that one small change. And then about five years later, I took another step forward. I took off my watch and I stopped taking my phone in my pocket with me when I went to visit my horses. It was my first step in actually switching off the noise of my busy life so I could focus on being with my horses. And I deliberately took away that time pressure for this one aspect of my life. And it was so good. I loved it so much, in fact, that I have never worn a watch since. And I'm not sure if it was the fact that I allowed myself to take as long as it took with my horses or whether leaving my phone in the car was sort of symbolic enough for me to leave everything that it represented, work pressure, schedules, other people wanting my attention in the car too. But it started to become easier and easier to leave my busy brain behind when I spent time with my horses and just focus on our interactions together. Horses live in the moment and they are happiest and most relaxed when we slow right down, ditch the distractions and join them there. When we focus all our attention on our interaction with them and the situation or environment that we're experiencing together, this 
is the place where our great relationship with our horse gets built. It's not always easy to do though, right? Especially when we've had a busy, stressful or overwhelming time right before visiting with our horse. And it's been even more recently for me that I've consciously focused on how to relax my body and clear my mind so that I can be present and focused with my horse. And this, if we can do it, is the best technique because it means that we can put aside the stresses of life and be relaxed and calm enough to turn up as our best selves when we're with our horse. So I have some tips for you on how you can transition out of that frantic, frazzled kind of state and into a calm, focused state when you arrive to visit with your horse. Firstly, there's a breathing technique that I love to use because it is easy. You can use it anywhere, anytime, and it can help you calm down and get out of that kind of frantic or overwhelmed state that modern life just pushes us into so much. Essentially, the technique is to breathe out for longer than you breathe in. So we're breathing the same amount of air. I'm not asking you to kind of cough up the last little bits in your lungs. We just breathe the same amount of air out at a slower rate. So the out breath lasts longer. So we might breathe in for a count of four and out for a count of six or in for a count of five and out for a count of seven, something like that. And doing this activates our vagus nerve and sends our body back into relaxation mode really quickly. So it's a great one to use when you get stuck in traffic if you're running late or you're just about to walk into an important meeting or presentation or when you're about to go and spend some time with your horse. And if you'll indulge me, I'd really like to do that exercise together with you now so that you can experience how quickly it can help you to relax. Now, you may wish to close your eyes, but you absolutely don't need to. And certainly if you're driving, please do not close your eyes. <laughs> okay, so we're going to breathe in and out together for a count of four breaths in and six breaths out. So we're going to breathe a deep breath in now. One two, three, four, and then we're going to breathe that same breath out for six, five, four, three, two, one, another breath in, one, two, three, four, breathing that same breath out, six, Five, four, three, two, one. Another breath in. One, two, three, four. That same breath out. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Thank you for doing that with me. It's a really simple and easy way to fast track your body into a more relaxed state. So I really hope that you try it out and find it useful. The other things that I'm going to suggest to help you really focus on the moment and the interactions that you're having with your horse when you're spending time with them is to, as much as possible, eliminate distractions. Put your phone on silent, turn off the radio, spend time with your horse at a time when the barn is quiet, there's no other people around, 
or take your horse to a quiet area away from everyone else. If you're distracted, you can't be focused on your horse, you can't be in the moment with them and you won't be experiencing the mindfulness that comes when really working with your horse in the moment. Now I've got to be honest here, I like achieving things, I like being busy, I am still working on keeping my to-do list realistic and whilst I love meditation when I do it, I frequently tell myself that I don't have time so I am a work in progress when it comes to mindfulness. So one of the few times that I experience mindfulness during day-to-day living is when I'm with my horses. And that's because I've actively worked on slowing right down, being and staying really calm and watching my horse's body language so that I can have a conversation with them. It's been such a big focus of mine for the last five years that it comes really naturally to me to relax when I'm around my horses. But the interesting thing is... (laughs) If I'm not really calm, I might think I'm calm, but if I'm not really calm, then my horses tell me. And my mare, Eliana, is particularly good at this. If I go out with a halter or even just offer my hand to connect with her, if I'm taking little shallow breaths that I'm not aware I'm doing because I've not taken the time to really calm down before engaging with her, then she'll give me a calming signal usually with a head and neck turn to the side to say, oh no, thanks, you are a bit too tense right now, which is not something I would have been aware of until she points it out. And she'll hold that head and neck turn until I take a deep breath and deliberately relax as I let it out. And then she instantly will reach her nose around and connect with me as if to say, oh yes, thank you, that is much better. I'd like to be with you now. And then we're good. We're on our way. I'm still learning to slow down and experience mindfulness in the other areas of my life. But I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to experience it regularly when I spend time with my horses. Because I know that in addition to being amazing for my relationship with my horses, it's also great for my physical and mental health. So my challenge for you is to pick one of these pillars, gratitude, empathy, or mindfulness, whichever feels right for you and your horse right now, and practice it. Notice the good stuff that your horse is doing and point it out. Let them know that you think they're awesome. If you know how to use positive reinforcement, great, use it. If you're not sure but curious, then a good place to start is to scratch your horse on his favourite itchy spot whenever you notice him doing something that you like. And if you're serious about learning about positive reinforcement, good on you. I really recommend you get a professional positive reinforcement trainer to help you get started. There's lots of online trainers if you can't find someone local. It is really worth it to avoid a lot of the pitfalls. I fell into them all, and I'm speaking from experience here. It's going to get you competent and confident so much more quickly. If you're dealing with some difficult behavior from your horse right now, then try and think about why that might be happening from your horse's point of view. Go back and have a listen to episode one, where we really talk about this in detail. 
if you'd like some guidance on how to go about doing this. Or take the time to create a space where you can be really calm, focused and in the moment when working with your horse. Release the tensions of the day by meditating or doing a breathing exercise like the one I shared earlier and set your environment up for success by minimising distractions. To wrap up, I'd like to reiterate the key points that we've discussed. Firstly, in his book, The Resilience Project, Hugh van Kylenberg talks about the three pillars of happiness and resilience as being gratitude, empathy and mindfulness. Secondly, by using positive reinforcement training with our horse, we're not only using an effective training technique the horses enjoy, but in using it, we're constantly noticing and pointing out the good stuff that our horse does, which wires our brain to start noticing the good stuff in other aspects of our lives. To practice gratitude, which not only builds our relationship with our horse, it also makes us happier. Thirdly, by viewing unwanted behaviour that a horse does from their point of view, with their needs in mind before arriving at any conclusions, we are practising empathy. And when we practice empathy in this way, it not only builds a great relationship with our horse, it's also great for our mental health. And lastly, by slowing down and creating a space where we're really calm, focused and in the moment when we're working with our horse, we're practicing mindfulness, which again is amazing for our relationship with our horse and amazing for our mental health. Well, it has been a pleasure. Thank you for joining me for what has been episode six of the My Horse Taught Me That podcast. I look forward to coming to your eardrums soon with episode seven, where we will talk more about equine behavior, horse-human relationships, and training concepts that not only help you build an amazing relationship with your horse, but also the other animals and people in your life too. If you have enjoyed this episode or found the information valuable, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. But more importantly, don't keep it to yourself. Share this podcast with your friends and help me share it with the world by leaving a five-star rating or review. It really helps other people to find the podcast too. It took me decades to learn that having the bond and relationship I dreamt of with my horses would only happen once I understood what they truly needed and learned to read the nuances of their body language, interpret it correctly and respond to it so that they felt understood. I would be honoured to share what I've learned with you through my online program, Learn to Speak Horse. As a listener of this podcast, I invite you to use the code MHT MT20 at checkout for a 20% discount, which is valid until midnight on Tuesday, the 22nd of August, 2023, Australian Western Standard Time. That's tonight. So if this sounds like the solution you have been waiting for, don't wait around. 
Get your sweet self into the Learn to Speak Horse program and transform your relationship with your horse. Head on over to www.equestrianbalance.com.au forward slash services and follow the link for the Learn to Speak Horse program. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Once again, that discount code MHTMT20. So just think, my horse taught me that. It's the first letter of every word. And then 2-0 for the 20% discount. Lastly, a big thank you to Music Unlimited for our groovy soundtrack.